Knoxville Tower, runway 23 left at Alpha 8, taxi via Alpha Taxiway. No delay, wind 2904, runway 23 left at Alpha 8, clear for takeoff, traffic 3 mile final. Read back correct, tower for taxi, have a good flight. Welcome to From the Runway Up. I'm Becky. And I'm Caitlin. And we work in the Public Relations Department at McGee Tyson Airport in Knoxville, Tennessee. We understand that going behind the scenes in an airport these days isn't as easy as it used to be. So that's where this podcast comes in. Each episode, we'll give you a behind-the-scenes look of current events at our airport and in the aviation industry as a whole. So fasten your safety belts and join us on this aviation adventure. Thank you for joining us today. We are just going to continue that tradition of telling stories and sharing stories. I'm sure you've been doing that the past few weeks with your family and friends over the holiday season. And I know New Year's is about New Year's resolutions and, and reflection. So we're actually going to have a pretty special podcast today about storytelling from our employees. Yes, we are actually going to interview multiple Airport Authority employees that have been here for 20 years or more. I know Ooh. we have talked about how people love the airport. We can't kick them out. Yeah. <laughs> so we had a really big pool of employees um, that have been here for more than 20 years. And so we are going to talk to them about how the airport has changed over the, the many decades that they've been here. Yeah. And maybe some of them will even make predictions on what it will look like when maybe we're still here in 20 more. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess sit back and listen to this special segment as we've interviewed several of our employees on their perspective of the airport for their time here at least 20 years plus. Okay, so if you all will start just by introducing yourself and telling our listeners a little bit about you and your position here at the airport. I am Drew Smothers. I've been at the airport 25 years. I'm a public safety supervisor, which is the public safety department where fire, police, and medical worked my way up to the rank of captain and I've also been in the Air National Guard for 30 plus years. Perfect. Larry? Uh, my name is Larry Eastridge. I'm a lieutenant with the Public Safety Department. I've been here 24 years. And like Captain Smothers, I also entered the Air National Guard after high school and joined the fire department. And that's where I got the training that allowed me to come here to the airport to work. So 25 years and 24 years. A lot has probably changed here at the airport and in the aviation industry over these past years. So whenever you all first started, can you think back at your first day, your first few weeks and months and what was going through your head? Did you instantly love it here? Were you overwhelmed? What were your thoughts? Yeah, I remember my first day very vividly. You know, obviously nervous, starting a new job, not knowing anybody. I guess one of the things that sticks out is I had flown a few times in my early years. I guess one thing that shocked me in the first few weeks was just how many people flew in and out of Knoxville. And the foreign travelers, international, you know, that kind of surprised me because once I actually started working, you know, you, you interact with the public more. And, and I noticed just how many foreign travelers we had, which which was neat. And just how busy the airport really was. And you thought it was busy then. Yeah. And yeah. That, that was, yeah. And that was my first few months, first week or so, you know. Yeah. And then uh, obviously we've grown leaps and bounds. And Drew, do you remember when Larry started? 
ahead? I do. I actually knew Larry in the Air National Guard when the airport, when we were hiring, we reached out to him and told him to apply. And uh, I've known Larry since he was probably 18. Yeah, I joined the Air National Guard in 1987. And so you'd already been there a couple of years. Yeah. yeah. But just a little side note that's an interesting fact is Captain Stennett, which is the captain that I work for, and Drew and I were all in the Guard together, started our career in the Guard, and then now we're all in supervisory positions here at the Airport Authority. So we've all known each other since 1987. I think they knew each other earlier than that, you know, how things come about. Well, and both of you talked about your Guard experience. Do you think that makes you better at being an officer for an airport because of your roles with the Air National Guard? Uh, Sure, probably so. Uh, Of course, we had the fire background, which helped us get our foot in the door here to become a public safety officer. And then they sent us to the police academy, uh, which is where we got our police experience. We do have officers come with both or just either police or just fire. So, yeah, but that got our foot in the door. But being around airplanes... My whole adult life has surely helped. So, Larry, do you remember your first day on the job? I do. I was scared out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> it just, just because, you know, I felt fairly confident on the fire side of things, but the police was totally new for me. I mean, I was fresh out of the, the police academy and came to work. Of course, we do OJT. They put you with another officer. OJT is on the job on training. On the job training. Then I'd ride around with whatever the officer was that they assigned me to that day. Usually, I think it was another supervisor, actually. So, But the first day I was on my own, you know, you get that first call. Oh, man, it's fun. I'm looking back on it. It's like been a great experience. Working here has been a blessing. And now over these past 24, 25 years, you all have probably taken a lot of people under your wing, trained them kind of like you all did many, many years ago. When I first came here, I think we had six people on a shift. The concourse was actually a horseshoe shape. There were two security companies that provided you know, security at the checkpoint. And of course, after 9-11, that all changed. Speaking of changing, how have you, especially in the public safety department, you've changed probably the most over the years. What are the biggest changes you've seen from when you began to now? Well, like you said, uh, 9-11 was a, obviously a major event in this country and for this airport. Prior to 9-11, most of our officers, uh, some of them had police experience, some of them had fire, but that wasn't wasn't really a prerequisite to be hired here. And uh, after 9-11, of course, we had to up our numbers uh, immediately. We needed people that we could place in position and work you know, within a week of being hired. So we had to look at former police experience. And uh, I guess we added two people per shift uh, within, within a month or two of 9-11. We had extra six or seven people, whatever it was. That was huge. And then obviously we did some studies and things like that and found out where we needed to place people, have them prior to 9-11. They might've just patrolled these particular areas, but now we have people manning them all the time. And then we ended up putting a lot of gates, you know, to kind of protect the building itself, that sort of thing. Yeah. And I bet you've watched the technology change too drastically with your communications, all the cameras, and but that was a lot to keep up with. Yes. Our dispatch center has grown quite a bit. And like he talked about the placement of officers, now the placement of cameras where the cameras need to be. And the quality is a lot better now. The department as a whole has grown. But prior to 9-11, we had dispatchers, obviously. But they they left in the evening and then the officers did the dispatching at night. Well, maybe just prior to 9-11, we actually switched that up and started having one dispatcher at night. We increased dispatchers as well. Just the volume has, and over the years, the volume has increased so much of our calls. And what about, as we've talked about how technology changing, 
what about aircraft changing? Have you all had to adapt to the new types of aircraft and fleet that we have here at the airport? A lot of the aircraft, you know, you just need to know where the shutoffs and the exits are not. They're just larger, but the economy didn't do so well there for a while. You know, the aircraft got smaller. They decreased the large aircraft. They brought the regional jets in and all that stuff. But now that the economy is good, we got Airbuses coming in here now. The amount of people they carry, the aircraft is larger. So that part's changed. The aircraft and the airlines have changed. Yes. And 9-11 caused a lot of that. Prior to 9-11, we had mainline airlines in here. We had Delta and American and, you know, several other Northwest and mainline carriers. And they were bringing full-size airplanes in here. They may not have been full coming or going, but they still brought larger aircraft in here. And then after 9-11, a lot of the mainline airlines started pulling out and regionals jets started coming in, or regional airlines operating as one of the big carriers. And so that we had an aircraft switch then. And then, like Larry said, uh, later on, the airplanes are starting to get a little bit bigger and carry more passengers. We've had to you know, change our training and all that as those events have occurred. And as our some of our two more seasoned employees in the public safety department, do you have some favorite memories you might want to share about what you've done at the airport or what you've seen? Some things that come to mind. Weather's played a huge part here at the airport, obviously. And I, I just I remember my probably my first year I was on patrol. Uh, we had a winter snowfall that was, I don't know, 18 plus inches or wow. something like that. Yeah. We were not prepared for that. We are now. So we had to go rent a, a four-wheel drive vehicle just to patrol the airport. You know, I can remember escorting the de-icing trucks out onto the runway. So the planes would get de-iced on the ramp. They would taxi out there and then they would get de-iced right before they took off. You know, I thought to myself, how did I get into this? You know, <laughs> How did they let me out here all by myself? <laughs> yeah, and then, I don't know, some other events we've had. Um, yeah, I remember the one storm we had. Uh, I got called in to work. It was July 4th, so came out here. Lone Star Airlines was in here and came they out They flew here. to Texas, didn't yes. they? Yes. Yeah, obviously and Lone Star. <laughs> the the plane was tipped up on its side where the wind had lifted it up and the fuel rushed over, and so fuel was leaking out of the wing. Cherokee Aviation had several planes in a hangar that were turned up on their noses. It was, I think they called it a microburst. Yeah, I remember it. that. It took yes. the top off of one of the hangars yes. of fixed-based operator over there. Yes. Speaking of technology, that's kind of when they decided that we needed to have text messaging devices because it's hard to get a hold of people because it was a holiday. So that's how all that kind of came about. Well, and just as the communications professional who work with you all, because when something happens, a lot of times we're in communication because someone from the media or the public will hear it over our public radio system and they'll have questions. We've gone from pagers and cell phones to Nextels, to walkie-talkies, to cell phones again in different forms of communications and how to get back. And all of those changes were sent off because of something that changed or a proper way of operating that didn't work. You know, I know that when we had Nextels, if people lived in a few rural areas around our airport, then they don't work. And so we couldn't use that because it didn't work. But how do you all today work with communications in your role? Of course, our dispatch center plays a huge part in that. And of course, just technology with a smartphone now helps. We have radios. But if we need to talk to the guys that are actually working, we have radios. They all have phones that we can text or whatever, you know, if we need to send a private message or something. If it's work-related, it comes out on the radio. Even that is beefed up over the years, how that, just the equipment and uh, the range that we have and that sort of thing. Everything's got much more reliable. That's right. 
Right. And shameless plug for one of our past podcast episodes, our technology episode actually talks about the implementation of your new radio systems and things like that. If you haven't listened to that episode, be sure to do so. And the other thing is if everybody needs to be contacted, we have that Everbridge system. That's nice to have too. Yeah, it is. So if you're here for 20 more years, what do you think the airport's going to look like? Well, it's going to have two new beautiful runways. Obviously, we're in the middle of a runway renovation project. But yeah, I think it's going to have to expand. I see that coming just, just what we've seen in the last 20 years. If we just keep growing as we have been, we'll have to have more gates or unless they're going to start bringing back, you know, larger frame aircraft. People like to fly. Depending on the economy, if the economy doesn't continue to do well, then, you know, people will start driving again on their vacations or business trips or whatever. But assuming everything goes like it's been going, you know, I can see us adding on to at least gates. Our department will have to grow as that happens. What about you, Larry? As long as the economy's keeps staying on track. We've had record high passenger traffic here last year. Over last 41 months. Yes, and I think this month we're expected to break last year's holiday passenger traffic record. Mm-hmm. So, we are. you know, that that's great. I mean, if the economy's good and we're growing, then that's a great thing. That's a great thing for the airport and it's a great thing for the public that enjoys flying for either business travel or vacation. So, even my family has partake in that <laughs> going on vacation and stuff because, yep. you know, it's nice to be able to fly every now and then. And what do you think public safety department-wise, what do you think the changes would be in the department in the future? Obviously, more people. And then with that, we would probably be able to specialize maybe like some other police agencies, sheriff's departments. We do have investigators. They could just solely do investigations or things like that. Instead of wearing multiple hats, we could have people maybe getting down to one hat. Think you all be here in 20 years? Uh, let's hope not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The airport doesn't want us here in 20 years. Yeah. Well, thank you all so much for being on our podcast. And thanks for being here at the airport for 20 25 years. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay, so if you will first just start by telling our listeners a little bit about you and how long you've been here at the airport. Well, first of all, my name is Gina Cochran, and I have been here a little over 31 years. Wow. With the airport authority, yes. You started when you were 10. We started before the child labor law went into effect. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes, yes. And you started in the accounting department, is that correct? That is correct. I'm still in the accounting department. When I started, there was eight people in administration on this floor, eight. Now it's like 38, Mm -hmm. 48 people up here. So big change, big change. So uh, like I said, still doing the same job, basically receivables. There has been things added and deleted to that job. Any machine in this airport that you see, at one point I have touched, you know, let's say change machines, being uh, smart carts, vending for a while. I did vending machines. Really? Oh, yeah, that was a treat. So I've done that. And then uh, at one time, I managed 22 rental homes for the airport. Really? We had, yes. we had Around rental, airport property? Airport property before we was buying the property up and maintained those homes until they was reimbursed. And AFA, you know, yeah. reimbursed us for that. And those were moved. Wow. So we had 22 homes. Yeah, a slumlord. So you were a landlord, yeah. Yeah, slumlord. <laughs> you know, that met some really interesting people on that and yeah. enjoyed that. And up until about a week ago, I was doing ground transportation. I've done that for 31 years and seen some interesting people there along with their, I guess you say our limousine companies that come in. I was able to meet some VIPs, you know, either be congressmen, senators, even celebrities, you know, and get to learn about their little personalities other than what you see on the big screen, you know. Some of them really made an impression on me and some of them really made an impression on me. (laughs) I bet you have some stories to tell. Oh, yeah. We'll wait till after the mic's off on that one. Yes, yes, exactly. So do you remember 31 years ago, do you remember your first day here at the airport authority? Well, you know, 
on that, you always remember certain things, like something important, like the day you graduate, the day you get married, you know, say the birth of your child, you're going to remember that. That is a day I will never forget. Really? Oh, yes. It's just like it was yesterday. It was July 19th, one o'clock in the afternoon. Really? I started, yes. I worked at a local bank, not to drop any names, but I worked at a local bank and I went in and I told them that I was turning my two-week notice. And they said, okay, just wait one moment. Well, it took two or three hours, but the time that got finished, I was gone that day, which financially you have to do that. You can't let somebody work. I called at that time. My boss was Mike Bachman and said, hey, uh, they're letting me go. I'm leaving Knoxville now. So he's like, great. Can you be here at one o'clock? It's like, okay. Wow. So I had two and a half days training before the girl left on Friday. What a whirlwind. Oh, my gosh. It, It was. It definitely was. And then when I started Monday, I was more nervous starting Monday on my own than I was having the two and a half days, you know, and it was just very highlighted. It is very skimmed the top of it that she took me through the airport and showed me and a little bit of the accounting system is like, oh, what have I got myself into? <laughs> but it's, you know, it's it was fun. And every day is an adventure. Yep. You know, um, you think you're going to have certain things you'll do each day. Nope. Nope. It's, you have to learn to bend and we do whatever needs. flexible. You have to be very flexible. We wear, and I think that's a theme with all of our interviews is... You know, you never know what one day is going to be like here. And we all are a team and we all, you know, work together. And, and that's what's fun about it. Well, you have to have multiple hats. Luckily, we don't, you know, have to deal with a lot of the numbers. You help us a lot with events and, you know, you're on this podcast and things like that. So there's a lot of overlap in departments, which I think is fun. Well, you know, like say the events like the Arts in the Airport mm-hmm. or any of the committees that we've had for employees events or even for the community events. That's just icing on the cake for me. I love doing that, mm-hmm. interacting with people talking to them you know not like I don't have anything to say but you know right. just you know talking to them and you know making sure that they have a positive experience at the airport yes you know because you know this is like a second home one thing is you know when I first started I was saying that there's eight people in administration you knew everybody from all the departments from safety to building maintenance to field maintenance custodial up here and with the time of being here there's of course growth which is great yes but with that being said you know I want to grow I want to expand I want to make the positive experience for the airport but one of the downsides of that is that you don't know everybody now within in the airport authority. That's you know, true. you've got so many safety people now. I don't know, or custodians, or even the field means because they're not up at this building as much anymore. And that's kind of the downside or the sad side about it. You kind of lose that hometown feeling of the employees. But with also that being said, you know, even though we're not right here with everybody all the time, if something happens, somebody gets sick. There is a death that I've unfortunately have experienced two or three employees passing away either in the airport or at home, whatever. And we all come together. It is like even though we don't really know each other that well, it doesn't matter. We're family. We all come together and we're really close knit. And that's that's another blessing to have. One of the biggest things about the airport authority is we all love our job, love what we do here at the airport, but it's also we love the people that we work with and we work for and that makes all the difference. Well, and you know, with that being said too, that you know, we may have differences, we may not agree on this but if there's a crisis or there's an event come up we lay that down and we do that job we do what has to be done like the last air show everybody i know work their self to death all hands on deck <laughs> oh it was and it was sometimes we needed more hands than what we'd had but it seemed like the most overall was a positive experience i know there's a little you know with big events miss like crosses that. you, you know that, that first mm-hmm. day but the second day I, I didn't hear anything but there again you know that was a le- learning experience for a lot of people you know we didn't have one that magnitude 
waited in a long, long time. Yeah. But the turnout was great. And I think everybody still really did enjoy it. Especially now that we're a few years removed. Oh, yes. It, it was fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. So you talked about how, you know, whenever you first started, there was eight people. What other big items or big things in your mind have changed in the admin and the finance department over these last 30 years? Well, you know, when I first started, we didn't have our own internal phone system. Now we have our own phone systems. You know, that's additional billing for me to do and maintain on that. In-house advertising, we didn't have that. That was always contracted out. So that's a little different that, you know, I'm having to set up that too, a bill for and maintain those accounts and work closely with our marketing department on those to make sure that everything's coincide, that I'm billing for the correct amount for the correct people and the contracts are still, you know, in place. And that reminds me, you mentioned ground transportation too, that you were responsible for that as well. And you've witnessed the whole coming of ride sharing. Oh, yes. You know, that didn't exist. No, no, it didn't. (laughs) And now that has been very interesting to see how ride sharing plays into an airport atmosphere. And I think that's just a good example of you never really know what is going to be the next big thing and how we're going to have to kind of change those those things that we've done for, you know, a long time and adapt to the change. The way of thinking, you know, and, and more people are getting used to the smartphones, you know, using the apps, you know, and so, you know, that developing in people's, it's just like I said, a, a way of thinking, you know, you've got to adapt to that. Yep. So let's say you're here for another 30 years. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> I'm thinking more like 18, but okay. We'll say <laughs> hypothetically 30. Yes. Hypothetically 30. Since you started when you were 10. You yes. Know, that's, oh, that's true. That's, that's true. What do you think Miggy Tyson Airport will look like, you know, broad perspective and then in the finance and admin department? Maybe perfect world. In the perfect world. I mean, I, I could maybe see expansion of gates, you know, needing more gates because, you know, we have really boomed, yes. per se, on our employment and deployment numbers, which is great. You know, hopefully having more flights, more destinations destinations that we are not servicing now. But I you know, I could just see maybe the growth and hopefully growth of more gates, more destination flights. And with that being said, there's going to be more billing and more airlines that maybe is not at our airport now that we can service and bring them on that will bring the new destinations. And I think, you know, you said you do have fun serving the travelers and, and we all do. And I think that's something that when travelers request more flights, more airlines, ride sharing, they don't ever, I'm sure, think about the impacts all the way down to the billing. Oh, yeah. You know, it's not free. <laughs> no, it's not free, but, you know, it's also, and also even goes down to custodial because the more people you have, the bigger the mass, yep. you know. So it, it does, it's like a, think of a pebble in a pond. You throw it and the ripples. It, it touches everybody. It does. And we love that. Oh, we do. And I think the more people, the, the more we're growing, the more we'll just adapt. And who knows what the next 30 years will look like, but we'll have fun. Exactly. I can't wait to see what come in tomorrow and see what I have to do that I didn't have planned. Okay, so if you will just start by telling the audience a little bit about you and your position here at the airport. Sure. My name is Travis Gardner, and I'm currently the Vice President of Operations for the Metropolitan Knoxville Airport Authority. I have many, many people ask me, what do you do? And I literally have a different answer every day. So if it has to do with an airplane landing or taking off or any of the services that we have to provide to make sure that happens or a car getting off the highway into our parking garage and into the terminal, doing their business with our airline partners and getting through screening and to the gate, then it's my responsibility to make sure that whole process can happen every day. And you haven't 
always been the vice president of operations. Is oh, that no. correct? No. Uh, so I take us back to the summer of 1990. The summer of 1990. <laughs> it sounds like a song. I, yeah. So we were in a, a mode of massive expansion of our airfield in the late 80s and early 90s. We had one 9,000-foot runway that had just been lengthened. And we had another 6,000-foot runway, and we were lengthening it 3,000 feet. So it's East Tennessee. We have rolling terrain, and we moved dirt for three years. Oh, my. And I was engaged as a contract employee to the airport authority as a surveyor. So I spent lots of time outside. I got a really good tan that summer. <laughs> we had a bur- we didn't even have an engineer in an engineering department until 1988. So I was hired to help him manage this massive construction project. Consequently, I spent a lot of time outside watching a runway being built. It was it was a wonderful experience for me. And then fast forward and you're spending lots of time watching a runway being built. That's right. I'm spending the last five years watching what was then our legacy runway being rebuilt. So within a span of perhaps I'm knocking on the door of having a 30-year career here, I have seen the two major components of an airport replaced. The airfield, the runways. If you don't have a runway, you don't have an airport. And the terminal. I was um, the owner's representative in our construction project to remodel the terminal in that. 1997 through 2000. So big milestone events, and I just consider myself fortunate. I've got to be a part of those in some way. So you talked about when you started. How have you seen the airport change, not just in the airfield, but the airport itself, the way people travel or the way that we operate to accommodate travel? Well, I'll be honest. I know perhaps I flew for business yesterday, and I thought I had a responsibility to look nice, appear nice, get on a plane with with my peers that were traveling. And I kind of stick out a little bit now in today's society, today's culture, because air travel is so accessible to so many people at such a reasonable cost. There's folks flying every day that they're not dressed up for business. They're not dressed up to expect that exclusivity of air travel because it is so accessible to so many people of, of different socioeconomic situations. And that is a change. From the early 90s, every day when I was exposed to folks that we served by providing air travel, you know, it was business heavy. So you were dealing with more business people uh, and less recreational travel. Well, that's completely flipped now. And recreational travel and leisure is a, a tremendous component of the faces that we see every day that come into the terminal. And so operationally, operations department-wise, in 1990, approximately how many people were in the operations department? Fast forward to 2019. Oh, wow. Every two weeks when I fill out my timesheet is a tremendous reminder of my tenure with the airport authority or legacy or however you, whatever word I should use to describe it. I'm employee number 280. So we only came into being in 1978. There was about... 70 people working for the airport authority. I'm 280. We're well in excess of that now. We have 183 folks that show up every day to make sure the the airport runs for the folks in East Tennessee. And that's to me is massive growth. We are three times easily the size that we were then. And, And I think back to the early 90s, everybody had a bunch of jobs. No one person did any one thing. We had, we didn't have a finance department. We had a director of business. We had an accountant who was our controller. And we had accounts payable, accounts receivable, and we had payroll. And that was it. The operations department, you asked me about that. I think we were in the low 30s. We had seven custodians and one leader 
and a supervisor. I think we had nine total folks that helped keep the airport terminal clean and spotless for everybody flying in and out uh, in East Tennessee at that time. We had eight or nine folks that were caretakers for the airfield and the grounds and the roads and the fences and all this big horizontal infrastructure we have at an airport. Four folks in building maintenance and one electrician. And that was really it. And it stayed very static until the early 90s when the airline business models began to change. So at one point, I was the IT department. I was the airfield operations department. You know, we we now have 24-7 someone on call as the operations duty officer. It was just me. We did not have an operations specialist or, or anything of that nature. So it has changed a whole lot, and it's gotten a lot larger. What are some of the things that you remember about your time at the airport? Some good memories, maybe some things that you've seen that were unique? You know, my best memories, for me, on a personal level, are those opportunities, and I guess it's because I have a passion for what I do, is where I get to tell people about how the airport works. And what it's like a jigsaw puzzle. If you put all these little pieces of people that work here every day, if you put their role together with someone else's role, you add them all up together, and you get an airport. I love to tell that story. I love to let folks learn more about the airport. And so we've had some events. In fact, you've participated in many of them. The parades. Yeah. You know, we always got a lot of interest from the community when we we have some very specialized equipment at the airport. It's weird, for lack of a, a better way to explain it. And folks are interested in it. They have questions. And it's a segue in the telling them how it's used and how what role it plays and how it keeps the airport open and operable for them. I've had the opportunity to participate in five air shows from the early 90s all the way through 2016 when we last hosted our last air show. And that was, was kind of like throwing a party. We had a quarter million people coming to our house for a party and we got to entertain them. You know, we, we had the U.S. Navy Blue Angels and we got to change, I don't want to sound overly dramatic, we got to change their lives by letting them to see an aspect of aviation that they normally don't get to see. And they were excited about it. We had a wonderful time getting to host that party. So we've talked about what it looked like when you started and what is going on now. How do you see the airport in the next 20 years? You know, I'm looking back. It's reasonable to assume if you look back, there's big milestone events and you're going to see big milestone events again in the future. For me, we used to run the airport. We worked hard. We worked together. We had programs. We had services. And at the end of the day, you did all of these things. And then you had this minor security component. You couldn't ignore it, but it was piece of the pie. It wasn't the entire pie. And then after the events that transpired with September the 11th, it became security as job one. Everything we do must have a consideration for security. All the processes, all the different working pieces of an airport running, you have to consider the security ramifications and how you're going to achieve those minimum standards and those make sure that there's provisions for security. So looking forward, I don't know if we'll see another big milestone, a nexus to terrorism that affects aviation like September the 11th happened, but it may be, I don't know if it'll be economic. Um, You know, in, in 78, it's no accident that the airport authority came into being. That was a huge milestone event, and it's when airlines were deregulated, and it completely changed the business model. So the leaders that we had for the Knoxville region decided an airport was their best foot forward to create this resource for transportation for the region, and they created the airport authority. I think we'll see another culmination event like airline deregulation or a security. There'll be some other milestone in our future. I think it's inevitable. So it'll pivot again, but the thing that remains constant is that aviation continues. It just adapts. It's a vital part of the U.S. economy. It's not an extra. They expect it. They have to have it to live their lives and 
do their business. And thankfully, that's good job security for us. Yes. Yeah. You know, looking back, we had a lot of discussion with, with looking back into the past. If we look into the future, you know, I speculate that the nature of airports will change with all the resources that we have. There's a huge public investment in public infrastructure. There's parking lots and buildings and terminals and the airfield and all these things to create aviation. I think we'll find smarter, better ways to use them. Uh, Right now, an airport terminal, it's not your destination. No one comes to the airport terminal just to be here. Well, except for us. Yeah, and people who like airplanes. But the public, uh, I think that we'll find innovative and new ways to use all of these resources and facilities that we've created for other purposes now, whether that's concert venues or meetings and conventions or shopping or recreation. Who knows? We might have a putt-putt golf course inside our parking garage or an amusement park in the Some terminal. airports do. Or a dog park. Or uh, we might become the host for cultural events. I think we'll, the folks of East Tennessee are fantastic innovators, and sometimes we're cheap, too. We like to get the most bang for our buck. And there's a significant investment in all the resources here at McGee-Tyson Airport. I think we'll find new and innovative ways to use them to benefit the public. Because the opportunities are endless, really. That's exactly right. I mean, we have all the things that large public venues need. We have parking, and we have buildings, we have all the services that are necessary to create an opportunity for the public to use them. I think that's how airports will change, in that there will be additional uses other than a transfer point from surface transportation in vehicles and cars or rails or bicycle or, or any of those methods to air, and then the reverse when you fly home. That's what I see for aviation changing. Very interesting. So we'll have to all meet back here in 2040 yeah, yeah. and see if, we're doing if you're that. right see how on, things our have changed. Yeah. <laughs> on our hovercraft. <laughs> Thank you for being on our podcast, Travis. Uh, absolutely. Uh, wonderful opportunity and I always look forward to it. It's always so fun to listen to different perspectives of the same place you work. Everybody's worked here at the same thing, but their perspectives are completely different. And how the departments have just changed all together, but at the same time also so differently. And I actually learned a lot about what has happened and what used to happen in the past and now doesn't anymore. Really interesting. It is. We hope you've enjoyed listening to these stories from our employees as much as we have. And we look forward to having you join us on our next episode of From the Runway Up. 